I'd like to say good evening to the class. My name is Lauren Lewis and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Yule and the superintendent is Dr. Jarrell Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation or your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that have produced the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. 
Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time that he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and the court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth 
through the dispensation of time. Eighth, to honestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning or day, there is no, no other name, excuse me, given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. William Walker, and we will have scripture lesson, Matthews the third chapter, read by our visiting brethren from our Lansing branch, Dr. Graciela Underwood. Dr. Walker? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Uh, let's just take a couple of seconds to give all praises and all glory to our almighty creator, the creator of heaven and earth. He has chosen us to go on into the next age and dispensation so that we can understand even more about his purpose and his plan. This age must come to an end so that the next age can start. We ask that he keep us strong in the belief that he has chosen us and he keeps us strong in wanting to know more and more and more concerning his purpose and his plan. We ask these things sincerely in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dr. Underwood? I will be reading Matthew, the third chapter, with the proper name and title. In those, day, in those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of Yahweh, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathered girdle above his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that Yahweh is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Yash from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, 
I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Yahshua answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Yahshua, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of Yahweh descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That was Matthew, the third chapter. Thank you, Dr. William Walker, for the prayer, and Dr. Graciela Underwood for the scripture reading. We'd like to thank all of our visiting brethren and our members for joining us for another lecture given by the Southfield Michigan class. And we would like to remind the speakers that are called on to please acknowledge the five-minute bell when you see it. It is an honor and a pleasure to call on for our first speaker, Dr. Excuse me. <clears throat> yes, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on for our first speaker, Dr. Andre McDaniel. Good evening, class. Good evening. I first like to say it's an honor, a privilege, and a true blessing to be able to have anything to say about our creator. And to be able to once again and sit down amongst the spirit of the brethren and learn about our creator as he truly is and actually exists. I really don't have too much on my heart and mind right now. Uh, I'm just thankful uh, to know that Yahweh is in control of everything. Just, uh, just as much as he is now as he was back in the days of Exodus when he told Moses to tell Pharaoh to release his children from Egypt. And he was going to do so, but he was going to harden his heart. So that's control right there. And it's just with all the, ooh, the trials and tribulations and the, ooh, the chaos that's going on, all the evil, just pure evil that's going on. It's, a, it's soothing and refreshing to know that it's all in his hands and there is nothing out of his hands. We are, we abide within him. And everything that's within him, anything that's matter is Yahweh. It's spirit, Yahweh is spirit. That's John, can we get John 424? That's John 4 and 24. Would you like me to start up to 23, get the train? Yes, That's John 4 and 23. But the hour cometh and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Yahweh is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you. So we know that Yahweh is spirit and matter is spirit materialized. So everything 
that is around us. Not saying that we worship everything that's around us, like some religions do, but we know what it actually is and we know who we abide in for the rest of eternity. Uh, with that, i like to say I'm just thankful once again to be here and I'll yield the floor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. McDaniel. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on our visiting brethren from Canada, Dr. George Light. Dr. Light. Well, that's really a surprise. <laughs> I'm not going to have too much to say. I'm just grateful to be uh, in class mm -hmm. and being able to participate and listen to the South Field. I've been watching a lot of the uh, classes lately on Zoom and replays on YouTube and listening to or reading a lot of lectures and looking at the new, uh, the clear lectures that were sent out. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I find that Yahweh at this time is just giving us everything we need and a whole lot more just to be able to uh, get through everything that's going on around us. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, I certainly do appreciate that we, uh, we, we can get together and learn about Yahweh. And just having looking, looking down at the Moses chart and <clears throat> seeing the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and everything they went through and the denying that they did once they got out there. I mean, how many witnesses do we need? <laughs> mm -hmm. Down there in Egypt, they had uh, the 10 plagues and then the Egyptians still chased after them. And it wasn't because of the death of the firstborn. What it says in there is that it was because they lost their servants. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show you that no matter how many witnesses Yahweh gives, that if people aren't seeing them and aren't hearing them, they're just never going to see or hear them. And that just shows how much more blessed we are mm -hmm. that we are able to see and hear anything. And if you don't think it's Yahweh, you're in the wrong place. There's no other way that you could have come to this knowledge and understanding and to be able to share in this. So That's right. with that, I'm going to say uh, maybe next time I'll talk a little longer, who knows, but right now I'm just pleased to have been able to say the few words that I did. And I thank you guys very much. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Light. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on Dr. April Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Hello, class. Um, I won't be long. <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to um, have anything to say about um, our wonderful, wonderful creator. Mm -hmm. And um, the prayer was absolutely beautiful. Let's get um, John 15 and 16. I'm just gonna say a few things and a um, few things that, that, the, that the prayer uh, mentioned just stood out, stood out to me. Um, so let's get that really, really quickly. Please. That's John 15 and 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. 
that whatsoever you should ask of the Father in my name, mm -hmm. he may give it you. Mm -hmm. So that right there, I mean, it's, it's absolutely beautiful because we have to understand that we did, we did nothing, nothing at all to deserve this. And he said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. And with everything going on in the world, you know, we need something higher than ourselves. And, and we come to find out that's Yahweh Elohim. Right. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be a son. Mm -hmm. Because if you aren't a son, you're a bastard. Right. If you don't get chastised, you're a bastard. That's right. You know, so that's kind of, you know, that's where I am right now. Just so thankful that he chose me. And um, it's just, you know, I always get emotional. <laughs> you all know that. And, and I'm emotional because he didn't have to do that. Right. He didn't have to choose me. And in that scripture, it says, and ordained you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. See, before, before coming into class, I knew nothing of my creator. Absolutely nothing. So, you know, when I'm caught on a little bit that I do say, I, I, you know, that, that, that means a lot. It means a lot because I didn't even know the creator's name. Calling him God. But he chose me and he said, look, this is my name. Let's get um, Acts 17 and um, 28. Um, because it, you, you have to understand who's running the show. You just have to understand that. Then let's get John 1 and 1, please. That's Acts 17 and 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. See, that's within Yahweh. We live, we move, and we have our being. He is the creator. See, when you create something, you run it. <laughs> you ordain it. You, you, handle, you handle it. You know, it's like we're puppets. You know, he's taking care of everything. So in him, we live, we move, and we have our being. We cannot get outside of Yahweh. It's, it's, you can't, we can't do that. Continue, please. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We are his offspring. So I know a lot of people that's online have children. Your offspring represents or look like or have your traits my offspring do mm -hmm. so what he has done he has created a creation and everything in the creation typifies or um resembles the creator yahweh when i first learned about yahweh's name and you know how everything in the universe um <laughs> is um created by him and, and for him, you know, and the first time a speaker said, just, just look outside, you know, look at the trees. What, 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 what does it look like? And I said, what, oh, why? <laughs> but why is that? You know, that's why I, I just get so excited, you know, because to see a tree and to see, uh, trees don't look the same to me anymore. <laughs> I have to say that, you know, our physical bodies, tells us something about our creator you know but and to know that is it, it just warms my heart to know that to know that the creator name is Yahweh 
And the Savior name is Yahshua. It's right, right in the name. You know, so I'm, I'm thankful. You know, I normally can't speak because I have a four-month-old. <laughs> but it's, it's just a pleasure to have something to say because a lot of people, they, they're yearning for the truth and we have it. You know, and, you know, I used to get discouraged telling people about the gospel and telling people about Yahshua because they look at you like you're crazy. You know, but, but that's, that's just how it's going to be because Yahshua has to show you. He, he has to reveal it to you. You know, you can read and we can talk to people and we can do all until we're blue in the face. But if Yahshua doesn't reveal it to us, then we will not know. That's why we have to be patient with these people. Because somebody was patient with me. Right. So I'm just thankful. Um, thank you for mm -hmm. the opportunity. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And it's an honor and a pleasure to call on our, for our next speaker, visiting with us from our Saginaw class, Dr. Paula Brown. Dr. Brown? Good evening, everybody. Good evening. It's definitely a pleasure um, to have anything to say. Could you speak a little louder? Okay, sure, can I <clears throat> turn my volume up? Is that better? Is that better, you all? Yes, I, can, yes, yes, I think you can hear you good. Okay. Um, no, I said it's definitely a pleasure to have anything to say about this great gospel. I came in a little late. Um, of course, I didn't expect to be called, but um, I just want to give all praise and honor and glory to Yahweh Elohim through his son, Yahshua, the Messiah, for giving us a, another opportunity to learn of him as he really is and actually exists. What was the scripture lesson for today? Can somebody tell me? Matthew 3rd. I'm sorry. Matthew, the third chapter, Paula. Okay. Well, let me grab my, uh, my Bible. Uh, textbook. Let me see how ready I was. And um, I guess we can start there. I guess I should have just yielded the floor, but uh, let's see what Yahshua has for us. It's always something good. Okay. Didn't hear you, Doctor. Can't hear you. Matthew three and one. Okay. That's Matthew three and one. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, "Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of Yahweh, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jer Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, 
old generation of vipers, who have warned ye to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that Yahweh is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, you can stop right there. Um, before coming into class, and I did enjoy the words of the previous speaker, um, what I did here because I did log in late, and I do apologize for that. Um, but prior to coming into this class, only thing I knew was church. Um, I was not, um, in, I'd say immersed, but indoctrinated with the Christian faith per se, but, you know, searching for a church home, that's all I knew uh, growing up, especially uh, being a single parent. That was my heart's desire is to find um, a church home for my daughter and I to establish, you know, faith. But not knowing that Yahshua, with this great uh, teaching and this uh, vision and revelation that was given to the founder of this um, great teaching, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, that Yahshua, who the world calls, ignorantly calls Jesus Christ, came in to fulfill everything that was written in him, written of him in the Law and the Prophets. And that... Um, Finding out that the first five books is considered the law, um, that Moses is accredited of writing from um, Genesis to uh, Deuteronomy, and then uh, from what Joshua to Malachi is considered the testimony. And go ahead and get Isaiah 8 and 20. Just want to lay down a little foundation and yield the floor because I don't want to just be rambling. Sure. Isaiah 8 and 20. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Right. And light is equal to understanding. And we have to search the scriptures that you don't have to get that... Um, that uh, particular verse, but he told us to search the scriptures. Well, he was talking to, who was he talking to back then? That's what John 5 and 39. Was he talking to the scribes and Pharisees back, back then? Would well, you might as well go ahead and get it? Please. You want John 5 and 39? Yes. Okay. That's John 5 and 39. Search the scriptures. This is Joshua. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Okay, and who is he speaking to at the time? As well? Yes, he's speaking to his disciples, I think. Okay, he's speaking to his to his the scribes, scribes and Pharisees. Okay. okay. Right. All right. That's what I call it. So 
So he told them then to search the scriptures because they thought they had eternal life because they were under thinking that um, the law of Moses was something that they had to keep. But back in Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, and the 31st verse, Yahweh told them, um, told um, Judah and Israel that he was going to make a new covenant, not like the one that their fathers had. He was going to write that covenant in their heart and in their mind. I had no idea of that at all. Um, being in the church world, quote, unquote, um, not knowing that Yahshua came in to fulfill and to actually uh, look up the meaning of fulfill, meaning to end or um, fulfilling the requirement of, and that the scriptures were actually coming and what he came in to do. So right here where uh, we had the scripture lesson, Matthew 3 and 11, and John is telling, uh, telling them that, you know, he indeed baptized in water unto repentance, but he that cometh after him is mightier than he is, and whose shoes that he's not able to, not worthy to bear. And he will immerse you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And of course, I would not have an understanding of what the Holy Spirit was, let alone that the Holy Spirit had a name. And you would not find that out, out here in the world. Yahshua called us out of the world. He gave us this beautiful gift because he wants us to know him like a good parent. Yahweh provided for us when we didn't know him. And, that's, and Yahweh means what he says and says what he means. He was a, the provider all along, but he plucked us out of the world. I am no longer calling him the Lord, you know, or God, because that's a, those are titles. That, that is not, those are not names, you know, and there's only one name where you could be saved of. And then... Um, where we have Yahweh's being the father, you know, and the world's calling him Lord. And then Elohim being the word of son, the world is calling him God. And the Holy Spirit, <laughs> they will have no name for that. But that's Yahshua, the Messiah, because Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh came in exactly, did exactly what he already purposed to do and that was to bring salvation unto mankind and I'm so happy of that um, and that's all I can say I am truly 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 happy about that but I'm going to go into um, get the text for and I just want to um, go to where he talks about life after death I thought it was really pretty um, what Yahshua showed me. And we're just going to read a little bit of it because I don't want to mess anything up. You might as well get it uh, directly from where it came from. Let's see, what page is that on? I think it's around the 80, 
80th page of the first volume. I believe it is. Yes, that's page 86. Uh, but let's go to page 88. Uh, Where did I, you want to start on page 88? Okay, um, I want to start at the very last sentence on that page because I know um, Southfield has had uh, classes in regards to uh, talking about the soul and where um, is their life after death. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the uh, last sentence on page 88. Um, Take it to page 90, but um, I may not uh, finish the whole page, but let's start there and see where Joshua takes it. And um, because we do know he's the teacher, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the teacher. I didn't even know that the Holy Spirit was the teacher until Joshua showed us through this divine vision of revelation that uh, the Holy Spirit is the teacher, not the man. So let's start on page 88. Last Would you like, okay, at where it says we have shown? Yes. Okay. We, this is volume one of the Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe, page 88, last sentence. We have shown according to the purpose and pattern that the first man, Adam, was the only earthly created son of Yahweh, whom Elohim formed from virgin mother earth and gave him them universal dominion over all the rest of the living creatures of the earth plane except his wife okay stop the right there uh now i've read the elegant book that doesn't mean a, a whole lot in regards to patting myself on the bat or anybody else we give all the glory and um when it read that um Okay, read that last sentence again. Sure. We have shown according to the purpose and pattern that the first man, Adam, was the only earthly created son of Yahweh, whom Elohim formed from virgin mother earth and gave him, them, universal dominion over all of the rest of the living creatures of the earth plane, except his wife. Okay, when he said except his wife. I was like, huh? Um, um, get Genesis one twenty six for me. That's the um, scripture that is referenced. And then we're going to uh, get uh, Genesis 5, 1 through 2. It's Genesis 1 and 26. And Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Okay, now he's talking to Adam and that was prior to Eve being taken out of Adam. Is that correct? Yeah, well, yes, yeah, I think so. Okay, now go to uh, Genesis 5, 1 through 2. Genesis 5 and 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that Yahweh created man, in the likeness of Elohim made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them 
and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Right. So I was like, okay, so this debunks all this, um, you know, we are equal. We are of one body, the body of Yahshua the Messiah, because he referenced that. Um, if someone can find that scripture where it says, make them one as we are one. Because that's important when it comes to the body of Yahshua and the Messiah. There's no big eyes or little use. Right. No, we're all one in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. And where he says there's no male or female, bond or free, you know, we're one. And that's important. We are, what's the eighth A? You could uh, recite that also, please. The eighth aim is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Yes, and that is what we are here to do collectively. There should not be no separation in the spirit or the body of the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. Okay, was there another scripture? That yes. I asked for. Um, it's John 17, 21 through 20. I'm okay, sorry, John, so you yep. might as well. Um, you said John, oh, excuse me, John 17. Correct. What was the verses again? Uh, 17, 21 okay, through 22. Okay. And that's John 17, 21. Um, I'm going to start at 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall be believe on me through their word. Okay, I'm just going to stop you just to recap really uh, quick. This is Yahshua, um, his prayer, and, uh, and he is talking about eternal life, and that's verse 3. So this is life eternal. To know thou is the only true, true El and Yahshua the Messiah, because three, these three are one. Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, the Messiah. We do know that Yahweh, in his pure spirit state, he took on shape and form as Elohim, which is the word or son, and manifested in a physical body as the Savior, the Holy Spirit, Yahshua, the Messiah. So this is Yahweh speaking through Yahshua, the Messiah, because he is salvation. So go ahead and continue. Where you at? That they all may be one, this 21st verse, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Thank you. And I, I just found that to be really pretty because he just made that clear for me uh, when he referenced um, them having dominion over all the rest of the living creatures except the wife because they were one. <laughs> Period. You know, one. So continue in the textbook, please. Okay. <clears throat> Would you like me to read that last sentence over again or just start at the new sentence? No, just continue at the news. Okay. They lost this dominion by the Edenic transgression, and the woman was put in subjection to the man, Adam. Mm -hmm. 
and he was driven, the woman went with him, out of the Garden of Eden. Therefore, we can see why, in the course of time, Elohim revealed to Moses and influenced him to write in Deuteronomy 8 and 15, these words concerning the only begotten son of Yahweh. Yahweh thy Elohim will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. The birth of the Messiah, the only begotten son of Yahweh, the nullification of death, the restoration and reestablishment of dominion and a kingdom was confirmed by the rest of the prophets. For example, Isaiah confirmed the prediction of Moses by saying, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty Elohim, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Okay, I want you to stop right there because there's another um, scripture and when it says uh, we shall call this name Emmanuel. So can someone pick that up in Isaiah 7 and 14 something like that? Because I know we've had um, and I haven't been around that long but I've been around long enough to know um what things have been um, falsely taught in regards to um, not using Yahshua's name. And this is one of them that they have brought up brought up in the past. Oh, his name is Emmanuel. But just read, read that for me, please. Okay. That's Isaiah 7 and, mm, 14? 7 and 14. Say that again. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. Therefore, Yahweh himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay. Shall call his name Emmanuel. Therefore, Yahweh himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, we do know now that Emmanuel means Elohim is with us. And so when you go back and read, uh, what uh, Dr. Lewis just read, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty L. Okay, that's Yahweh with us, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So that's Yahweh Elohim. You know, there's no, in regards to, now we're going to call him Emmanuel, that's Yahweh Elohim, and, and manifested in the flesh as the Savior, as Yahweh's salvation, Yahshua. Okay, continue to the next paragraph in the textbook. Thus, the Apostle Paul said, the first Adam was a figure of the second Adam, the only begotten son of Yahweh, who was born of the Virgin Mary, according to the pattern, and who, after his earthly ministry, crucifixion and burial, had overcome death by his resurrection, was given dominion over all principality and power as shown in the most holy place or in the top of plate number 31, page 91. Also, it is shown in the holy place that after the resurrection of Yahshua, the veil of the temple was rent and many of the saints or sons which slept in the dust of the earth arose and went into the holy city, Jerusalem, 
and appeared unto many. Oh, Where right there? Excuse mm -hmm. me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So back up to where it has Matthew 28 and 18. Can you get that for me? And Colossians on 2, 9, and 10. And that's just another verification of what uh, John is saying here in um, Matthew, the third chapter, in regards to what Yahshua's mission was. And this is Yahshua giving instructions to his disciples. Um, so you can read Matthew 28 and 18. That's Matthew 28 and 18. And Yahshua came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Okay. That's the end of that. Oh, I'm going to keep going. The great commission. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Go please. ye therefore. I'll keep reading. I'm sorry, Dr. Dr. No, oh, you're fine. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Um, and hold Colossians 2, 9 and 10 for a second. So we see clearly, but Joshua have, have to give you the understanding to see it, that he did not say baptize in water. He said, baptize in the name. Right. See, and those are just not names. If you could pull the, um, if you're able to go back to the um, name chart. He said, baptize in the name of the Father, which is Yahweh, the Son, Elohim, and the Holy Spirit, which is Yahshua. And that's not baptizing in many names because Yahweh is giving his declaration of what he came to do because Yahweh's name means he who causes to exist. Elohim is a plural title, and that means all, almighty. And then we know Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. So he who causes to exist is the almighty savior or deliverer. So we we're baptizing in the name when we're preaching the un adulterated gospel a Yahshua the Messiah his death, burial, and resurrection his outpouring of the Holy Spirit according to the law and the testimony according to the pattern because Elohim is the archetype original pattern of the universe and that is wow. definitely what sets us apart from the world and there's a lot of organization I won't say a lot but we do know there's other churches, organizations who are using Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, but it's not in righteousness. It's not according to his uh, pattern. It's not according to the principles and the precepts. So we are truly blessed because everything in the universe testifies to the pattern. Everything. In the moderation, it says nothing escapes the pattern the structure and the function of the pattern. So go ahead and get uh, Colossians 2, 9 through 10. Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the heavenly of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. 
Yes, we are. And that's what's so beautiful when we accept the truth. Okay. Um, continue reading out the textbook, please. And Dr. Brown, just so you're aware, your five-minute bell has been put up. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Wherefore, the resurrection is still going on, meaning each person who receives the Holy Spirit in his heart, as shown in the holy place in plate number 32, page 91, throughout this present age has been resurrected in his conscience, or soul from the dead. That's right. This is in harmony with what Yahshua said in John 11, 25 through 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Mm -hmm. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. This also means that those who do receive the Holy Spirit or Yahshua, that is having Yahshua, a quickening spirit in his heart or mind, who only has immortality dwelling in the light, which no man, flesh and blood, can approach unto. Okay, you can stop right there. Thank you. Um, you can definitely stop right there. So it is a beautiful thing to learn that by this um, great teaching and the pattern that was given to Healing, and he definitely told us that he did not die for us. There's many transcripts, <laughs> audio, that we can confirm that. So we do not worship the man. We worship the spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit, which is Yahshua. So just by the elementary chart, just real quickly, um, and that's the chart on the pattern or plan of salvation, we know that the first plate was the transgression. And that um, they transgressed the law, that um, the commandment that Yahweh gave them not to touch the tree in the midst of the garden. And they did, but they died instantaneously in their conscience. Because we know, because what we read previously in Genesis, the fifth chapter, it also tells you that Adam lived. He didn't physically die. He died. Conscious, consciously, spiritually slow, spiritually so, excuse me, in his heart and mind, him and Eve. And this is where Yahshua picked us up through his crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension. You know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that's on the day of Pentecost, and seven years later was given to the to the Gentiles. So again, um, there's lots to learn. I like to encourage the brethren, stay strong. <laughs> um, hey, it's a fight for our life, and I'm willing to go for it. And uh, all praises and glory goes to Yahshua because he fights our battles. Now, we're not fighting, you know, physically so. Mm-hmm. But we're going to preach this true gospel like it was given, no deviation until the end. And I like to say hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Brown. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on Dr. Felicia Hamilton. Dr. Hamilton, 
I'd like to say good evening to everyone and um, thank you for the opportunity to give me um, to say something about our Heavenly Father Yahweh and, and this awesome vision that he gave to us through Dr. Kinley. And I really appreciate the previous speakers, even though even those that were on for a moment because the things that they said and, and professed were from the heart, definitely. And you could feel that or I know I could. Um, and I'm grateful for their testimony because what it always does for me, it grounds me and it, it puts things into perspective when they seem to be getting blown up um, in my mind because a lot of times that's exactly where the, where the issue is. It's just in my mind. So I appreciate the grounding that's always um, coming through the vessels. The previous speaker, uh, the last speaker, Dr. Brown talked about um, a couple of things that um, Yahweh has had on my heart and mind. And the biggest one being that we are truly, truly blessed to know what we know. And I used to hate saying that word because, you know, the Christian world uses it like it's, you know, just something that they just throw around and they use it as something that like we can bless. Like someone says, uh, if someone sneezes and you say, bless you, I can't bless anybody. I can't bless water. I can't bless my kids. What I can ask is a prayer of Yahweh that Yahweh have mercy on whomever it is, but I can't bless anybody. It's the Holy Spirit in me that if it's Yahshua in me, he's the one that's doing it all. So I can't take any credit for myself. But the chart you're looking at right now um, pretty much sums up this gospel. And it's a lot on it. Um, like the previous speaker said, there's a lot to learn. There's so much to learn that we'll be learning in ages to come. But when you look at that chart, you see how, how magnificent Yahweh is in that what he did for his sons was laid out his purpose in the creation, but he also laid it out in the story of the children of Israel coming up out of Egypt. The whole purpose of Yahweh is depicted in that story. And I never knew that. And I'm one I still love, you know, and I know it's coming up. I love watching the Ten Commandments. Like I said before, I even have the box seat DVD set. So I spent the money for the DVD because I love that movie even with all the errors. And I think I love it even more because of the errors, because I know what's wrong with the movie. And I know that's only because Yahweh showed me what was wrong. It was Yahweh that told me what was wrong. So when I watch it, I just, just get emotional because it's like, well, that's not right. But how did I know that? It was Yahweh that, that decided that I would know the truth. And that's a blessing in itself. But when you look at this chart, you, you see the children of Israel down in Egypt. Now remember, there were actually three famines that occurred. The famine that led the children of Israel down into Egypt to sell themselves into bondage was the last one. There was a famine for each one of, of the patriarchs. It was, I think it started with Abraham, there was a famine. Then it was another famine with uh, Jacob. Um, and I know I'm mixing them all up because I always get Jacob and Isaac. Uh, Isaac mixed up. I really do. But there were three famines. So this last famine that happened is the one that's depicted on this uh, chart. So you'll notice that you see at the bottom, it says Egypt. And what we learned or I learned when I came in here that Egypt means dark place. 
Now, when, when, we, when we look at these things, we always have to remember that we are in a spiritual age. So you want to look at everything from a spiritual standpoint, but we know this is Romans 119 and 20 and get that for me, Dr. Lewis. We know this is a Romans 119 and 20 because Yahweh made this whole physical creation so that his creatures or his children, as the speaker said, and we heard one speaker saying it while her baby was in the background, that we are Yahweh's offspring. We are his mm -hmm. children. So he did this entire creation so that we, as his children or his offspring, would know him. And I think that is so beautiful when you think about it. And she talked about you, you know, your children have your traits. Yes, they do. You know, me and my husband talk about it all the time. We can sit each one of our girls down and tell you who does what and where they got it from. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And that's how you know that's your offspring. And so Yahweh making this creation, he did it so that we would know him because that's what a parent wants. A parent wants their child to know who they are for surety, not guessing. They really want their children to know. So you notice that down there in Egypt is, is you see the children of Israel down there. And I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis, go ahead and get that scripture I asked for, please. That's Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature, so that they are without excuse. Now, this is Paul talking, and the reason he's saying this, because you, you, you have to go back and get, pick it up with the train of thought. We're not going to do that, but that's your homework, because this is a school. But he's saying this because he's telling the people that you don't have an excuse of not to know Yahweh. Yahweh made an entire creation for you to know who he is. And so that's what he was talking about. But what we're going to focus on here is this trek of the children of Israel from Egypt all the way back to Canaan land because remember they it was an up and down process and that's how that's that's that is what gives me comfort is knowing that Yahweh is a pattern I thrive on patterns I need mm. to I I need structure you can't come to me one day and say well tomorrow we're going to do it this way and then the next day we're going to change it up I I can't I don't operate like that I need I need structure in my life and that's what Yahweh gives to me he's stability his structure. I know what his operation is. Mm -hmm. so this whole trek is just an up and down process. Starting in Canaan land, went down to Egypt, went back up to Canaan land, went down to Egypt. It's beautiful. And what that points to is that we, the children of Yahweh, we have to go through a death, burial, and resurrection, mentally so, because all it's doing is proving the existence of your heavenly father. So the children of Israel, after they had sold themselves into slavery, when there was a famine in the land, they couldn't sell anything else. So they had to sell themselves into slavery. Now they're down here in Egypt after some 400 to 430 years and they're crying out to Yahweh to be free. And Yahweh sent them a deliverer in the form of Moses. And actually it was Joshua, the son of Nun, who was Joshua that delivered them. But Yahweh, I'm sorry, Moses was the front man. So what he did, he sent that deliverer down to Egypt. He poured out 10 devastating plagues. And I've read, um, Dr. Kenley said that those plagues have devastated Egypt so much that to this day, that place is not the same as it was before those plagues were poured out. 
Why is that? That's the power of Yahweh. Yahweh is complete. When he does a thing, when he says, I'm going to destroy it, he destroys it. It's complete. It's absolute. There's no half destroy with Yahweh. So he, he took the children of Israel. He brought them out of Egypt. But the way he brought them out is what always blows my mind. Because, you know, I, I like movies just as well as the next person. I kind of like action movies. But, you know, you, you come down there, Moses, we've been in bondage for 400 years. And then Moses says, okay, we're, we're going to come up out of here. And you're like, yes, we, no, let's do this. Like, what, what, what weapons are we going to make? What, what armies are we going to form? He said, no, you just go find you a, a lamb of the first year without spot and blemish, kill it, put your blood on the two side posts, the upper door posts, and dip it in the basin of blood, and we coming up out of here. And all you would hear is crickets. It's like, really, Moses? That's how we gonna get out of here. But see, remember, this is Yahweh's purpose. It's not man's purpose. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. See, what he did was he was showing them the way that we're gonna get out of spiritual Egypt is through the blood of Yahshua the Messiah. So after they put that blood on those four points inside their house, not outside, then in the morning, Yahweh said, now you be ready. Have your staff in your hand and your shoes on your feet. What is that talking about? You be ready. Not gonna get ready. You be ready now. That's talking to us now. Be ready. This thing, we, it's gonna come as a thief in the night. But see, if you're a son of Yahweh, you already know something's coming because Yahweh never, ever, ever leaves his children in darkness. We were talking, me and my husband were looking out in our yard and all we saw were robins. Now, if you know anything about robins, they are not supposed to be around this time of year. You don't see robins till maybe the end, very end of February, if that, but March. Robins are a sign of spring, but there were tons of them in the snow. And I'm going, okay, this is not right. The world can see something's going on here. What do you mean? We're coming out of here. Just as those children of Egypt, those children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, we're coming out. Yahweh is bringing us out. And guess how he did it? He did it just like he did it there when that cloud came and it killed the firstborn of Egypt. It was, you know, invisible. It was the spirit of Elohim that did that. Guess what's killing people now? A virus that you cannot see with your naked eye. Yahweh is devastating this world so that we can stop putting everything in this carnal physical creation on a pedestal, including ourselves. He's exposing everyone for who they are and what they believe. He's, he's, he's bringing everything out so that we can see clearly that only Yahweh is the all in all. So he brought, he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And, and Dr. Lewis, I want you to pick up where he's brought them out and they're in the wilderness and they see the Egyptians coming. Because what that points to is when Yahweh brings you through trials and tribulations, don't go back when the next trial and tribulation comes up, because guess what? There's going to be a next one. Until you take this flesh off, there's going to always be something. But when he brings you to the next one, don't go back and go, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do now. Oh, don't be fearful. So it's, sometimes it's okay to worry. You know, Yahweh knows we're in this physical and we do that. But don't you sleep on that. Don't you let that get you to the point where you just don't know what you're going to do. You give it to Yahweh. So get that for me, uh, Dr. Lewis, when, they're, when they see the Egyptians coming. This is after Yahweh has led them through the Red Sea. 
I'm sorry, to the Red Sea. Go ahead. That is Exodus, and I believe it's at 14, and I'll start at um, 9. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the Egyptians pursued after them. Mm -hmm. All the horses, I'll start at 8. Okay. And Yahweh heartened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Mm -hmm. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea. Beside stop right there for me a second, Dr. Nelson. So once again, don't think of it in a physical standpoint. You look at the physical to understand the spiritual. When you think about those Egyptians, think about any problem that you have, that's an Egyptian. You think about a situation that's hard to get out of, that's an Egyptian. So your Egyptian is whatever situation you're in that you think is just unmanageable or you can't get out of. That's what's pursuing you. Okay, go ahead and read, Dr. Nelson. 10 first. Mm -hmm. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And now and the they're scared because here Yahweh has liberated us out of Egypt. He took us out. We're, now we're coming to the Red Sea and, and they're literally between a rock and a hard place there. The Red Sea is there in front of them and the Egyptians behind them. But what we always know is when you're standing, you're facing Yahshua, don't you look behind you. Remember what Lot's wife did? She looked behind her. Don't look behind you. Yahweh has it. He, he has it covered. Keep going. And the children of Israel cried out unto Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? See how they're blaming Moses now? Go ahead. Wherefore has, has thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For right, you know they didn't say that. They didn't say that. They wanted to be liberated. They cried to be liberated. Now they're going to lie and say, that you, we told you to leave us alone. Why are they doing that? Because they're fearful. They're scared. They don't see a way out. Even after those 10 devastating plays, they don't see a way out. That's why they're saying that. Go ahead, Dr. Nelson. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand don't still. Don't be scared. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared. Everything that's going on, it is a fearful thing. Trust me, it is. Mm -hmm. But you don't be scared. Now, I'm going to put a caveat on that, but you don't be stupid either. Mm -hmm. You know, my, mm -hmm. my sister-in-law called me and said she's throwing my brother a surprise birthday party. I said, I won't be there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's this thing going around called COVID. I'm not doing that, you know, and it's, oh, you believe in Yahweh? I absolutely, but Yahweh gave me common sense too, and I'm not going to frustrate his grace. That's so right. I will call him and say happy birthday and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're saying. Don't be fearful, but Yahweh gave you common sense as well. So keep reading, Dr. Nelson. Mm -hmm. Fear ye not. Mm -hmm. Stand still and you see. Stand still. What does that mean? That's right. Stand still in your heart and mind. I have this um, magnet. It's the only one I have on my refrigerator. It says peace is not um, being in. It's, peace is being in the midst of trouble and turmoil, but still being still in your heart. 
You stay still in your heart. This stuff is going, it's going to keep going all around you. You're going to have issues come up in your life. Yes, they're going to knock you down for a moment, but you be still in your heart and your mind, knowing that Yahweh has it. I think Dr. McDaniel said that, you know, first, Yahweh is in control. Mm-hmm. So that's what Moses is telling them. Stand still. Be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this easy. I'm not. Trust me, I'm not saying that. But mm-hmm. no, when you know that Yahweh is in control, you can be okay with everything. It's, I just, you know, I have a, uh, and most of you guys probably do this, you know, we have group texts with our kids or whatever. And I sent my girls a text and said, be okay with where Yahweh has you in your life at this moment. That's Don't right. you compare it to nobody else because this is, Yahweh has written your story. This is your story so that you can give him the glory for whatever it is he has you and wherever it is he has you. And that's where we all have to be, me included, me first. Trust me, I get there sometimes and Yahweh has to smack me upside of my head so you better stop tripping. Sure. So Dr. Nelson, I need you to start that uh, one more time for me because I really want you I really want you all to get the impact of what Moses is saying. And remember, it's a spiritual thing. That's right. That's the 13th verse. Mm -hmm. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, Mm -hmm. stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh, Mm -hmm. which he will show to you today. Mm -hmm. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what that is saying is when Yahweh takes something from you, first of all, you got to acknowledge that it's Yahweh that's going to be able to get you out of it because he put you in the situation. That's right. Yahweh put them in that situation. Yeah. He's the one that did that. So don't be blaming Moses. Yahweh did that. Mm-hmm. So you have to know that if Yahweh got you out of it, he, I'm sorry, if Yahweh put you in it, he's going to get you out of it. But mm-hmm. it's a test for you. Right. To see, are you going to rely on Yahweh or are you going to, you know, as my mother lost this, say fret. Are you going to fret? Or are you going to re- be calm in your heart mm-hmm. and rely on Yahweh? Now, the Egyptians, she said the Egyptians, they see today, they will see no more forever. Remember, Egyptians are problems, issues, mm. situations, circumstances, bills, a hate, a person that hate, whatever. That situ- that's the Egyptian that he's talking about mm-hmm. Now, in the spiritual age, mm-hmm. those things, you will see them no more forever. Now, what will happen is Yahweh will bring you to a situation, bring you out of it. If you didn't learn your lesson, guess what? You're going to repeat that same situation. That's right. That's right. Yahweh is just like a good parent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I told you once, do it again, see what happens. That's right. Okay. You <laughs> did it again. Let's, let's see. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to say, you know what? I need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, and that's what Yahweh does. That's a that's the beauty of a parent. And a lot of times, and we know this, children don't appreciate that until they're older. Right. You know, I lost my mom 10 years ago, but I still say to this day, Mom, I get it. I get it. Right. I, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate them and understand until later. And I get right. it now. Yahweh, thank you. Thank you for taking me through the things you did to my through my life. All of us have stories that we can tell and we think we're the only ones, but Yahweh has, Yahweh put us on that path for a reason. Why? So we can be here today to say, thank you, Yahweh. And that's what we do. Every time we take the time to give Yahweh our attention, 
we're saying, thank you, Yahweh, for what you did to me, for me. Thank you, Yahweh, for showing me who you really are and how you actually exist. Thank you, Yahweh, for allowing me to maintain the integrity of this gospel, which is how and why the Southfield branch was started. And I appreciate so much. Thank mm -hmm. you for making it that it's, it's in my heart and it's sealed like concrete that the integrity must be kept. Why? Because it's through the integrity of the gospel or realizing that Yahweh doesn't change that another person can come in as Dr. April Lewis said. It was because of that patience and that mm -hmm. integrity that was given to us that we in turn gave to her. Mm -hmm. And then that's your offspring. Mm -hmm. That's what Yahweh wants in this day and age. Not a physical offspring, mm -hmm. but spiritually so. She's the offspring of what we knew and what Yahweh gave us. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. So now Yahweh has taken them through the Red Sea. Now they're out in the wilderness. And that is, and, and I'm sorry, I should have said it before. Egypt is like the court roundabout. It's right there on the chart. That's a death state. That's where all the killing is and the blood and the sacrifices and the washing. All that happens in that court roundabout. But then you move up. Now he's moved us through that first veil. Now you're in the holy place, which is equivalent to the wilderness of Sinai. Why is that equivalent to the holy place? Because there they had, they had light, which was that cloud that gave them light by night. They had manna that rained down from heaven that Yahweh gave them. So that's your bread that would be on that um, altar, uh, the um, table of showbread. And then you had that altar of sin sacrifice, which is your intercession. Wasn't Yahshua right there with them in the physical body? They didn't know it. That's right. But that's who he was. That's why that's your holy place, because you have everything you need to take you over to Canaan land. But all you have to do when you're standing in the holy place is face east. Don't you look back into that court roundabout and all that devastation and that killing and all that stuff that's going on. You keep your eyes focused on the most holy place, which is where Yahweh is. That's mm -hmm. what we do. You don't turn your back on Yahweh. So you keep looking forward. And then they moved on in. Yahweh took them through another, um, uh, uh, another quote unquote Red Sea or Veil, which is a river Jordan. And pick that up for me, um, Lauren, if you can find it where when they were crossing the the priests were crossing first with the Ark of the Covenant. And I think it is so pretty how it's worded. And when their, when their feet touched the water, the waters parted. See, before in the Red Sea, Yahweh came through there and parted it. But here, when you get to the River Jordan, the priest's feet touched that water and it parted. Why is that? What's on the bottom of your feet? Your soul. So you have to ensure that your soul is being bared to Yahweh and your soul, you know that your soul is saved through Yahshua the Messiah and that parts this veil of the flesh and that takes you right on into heaven, which is the equivalent to the uh, most holy place. Do you have that, Lauren? Uh, say Joshua, the third chapter. Um, if anyone knows. What yeah, let's about. try. Um, Let's try Joshua. I'll start at three. It's a short, it's a short script. Mm -hmm. It's a short chapter. Mm -hmm. Let me just start at one and I'll read okay. now. Mm -hmm. And Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh, your Elohim, 
and the priests, the Levites, bearing it. Then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Now, Come so not near. You see it. You see it. You move. So mm -hmm. once again, it's the head that's in charge, not the body. It's the head. Who is our head? That's Yahshua the Messiah. He's in charge. When you see him move, you move. You keep your eye full. And that's what they had to do. They had to keep their eye on that Ark of the Covenant, which is equivalent to Yahweh Elohim. Keep, keep going, Dr. Lewis. Yet there should be a space between you and it, mm -hmm. about 2,000 cubits by measure. Mm -hmm. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. Mm -hmm. For you have not passed this way heretofore. Mm -hmm. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow Yahweh will do wonders among you. Clean yourself up. You're going somewhere. We're on a journey. Clean yourself. Get all this crap. All these idols or, or Egyptians that are that you have on the pedestal, clean yourself up. Get rid of them. You're, we're moving. We're going somewhere. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, mm -hmm. when you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, so you stop. shall stop right there. The brink. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they're right at the edge where the water and the land are. Mm -hmm. They're right there. Go ahead. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, mm -hmm. ye shall stand still in Jordan. Mm -hmm. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of Yahweh your Elohim. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living Elohim is among you, mm -hmm. and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Hivitites, and the Prejuvites, and the Girgishites, Pause and right the Amorites. One second. So mm -hmm. remember when they were first going through the Red Sea, Moses said, the Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more forever. Mm -hmm. Now she just named some other nations. The Egyptians wasn't part of that. So Yahweh means what he says, and he says what he means. He said, mm -hmm. you will not see them all anymore. You didn't see the Egyptians, but that didn't mean their issues were over. Now they had other nations that they're going to have to deal with. But guess what? <laughs> Yahweh said he's going to drive them out. See, it's a process. Until we leave this flesh, there's always going to be an Egyptian, a Canaanite, a Hivite, mm -hmm. whatever. That's but right. you rely on Yahweh. Yes. Keep reading, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And it shall come to pass as soon. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, fifth verse. And Joshua said, hereby you shall know that the living Elohim is among you. And that he will without fail drive out from you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Habitites and the Prejudites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. That's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, mm -hmm. out of every tribe, amen. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of their feet of the priests that bear the ark of Yahweh, Yahweh of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Now see, as soon as their feet rested in the river Jordan, Yahweh moved that water out of the way. Mm -hmm. Remember, spiritual, 
when your soul, which is at the bottom of their feet, mm. is at rest, Yahweh brings you on into the most holy place. Mm. Because you have now gotten to the point where you know what, Yahweh, you good. I'm good. You, you, you doing this thing. So Yahweh brings you that peace. That's your soul being at rest. That's that, that's those things parting from you when you when your soul is at rest in Yahweh. And then they went on into the most holy place, which is Canaan land. See, this this is a, a beautiful gospel. And I'm asking Yahweh. This pandemic has, the way it has thrown me, it threw me, I will say that, because that's gone now. It threw me for a loop was because it it disrupted my structure. You know, mm -hmm. went to work, Tuesday, Thursday night, went to class, Sunday went to class, boom, 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 same <laughs> thing, time in, time out. All that got disrupted. I was like a, a person in the water at coming off a slide. I didn't know which way was up, which way was down. But Yahweh, because he's such a good parent, he oriented me. Now there's a new structure. You That's work right. from home, you log on to Zoom, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, you got class. It's the same thing, but Yahweh in his mercy and grace did it where I don't have to go anywhere. I can be in my pajamas all day long if I want to. That's right. we don't, I don't even have to put on makeup because in my job, we don't do video conferencing. We, everything is voice. We don't even see each other. So see <laughs> Yahweh, that's Yahweh's mercy. He's letting me rest. Mm. I don't have to go out in this crazy world and deal with COVID or anything else. But that's what Yahweh does for us because he's a good parent. And do you know the only thing he asks is that we learn of him? That's right. That is... That's to me like, you know, the story of the penny, you know, everybody got a penny. Mm -hmm. I still, the Colonel Felicia go, I wish I would work eight hours and get a penny and somebody come <laughs> there and work an hour and they get a penny too. I would be upset. Yeah, from a physical with my job. Yes, but not in the spirit. Right. See, Yahweh, right. Is a, Yahweh loves all his children equally. Yeah. It's all going to get the same thing and that's eternal life. I'm not going to get a little bit more eternal life than Lauren. There's no such thing. We'll get the same thing. I see the bell. We'll get the same thing. And that's peace, joy, and, and rest. That's Joshua. Mm -hmm. So let's rest. Is it hard? Absolutely. It, I, I hate not seeing people because I love to hug. I love mm. hugs. And Graciela knows every time I see her husband, I'm like, give me a hug. You know, but this is where we are. And I accept that from Yahweh because it's his purpose and his plan. But just like the previous speaker says, stay strong in Yahweh. I miss you all. I wish I could call everybody and talk to them, but there's just not enough hours in the day. Mm -hmm. But I do miss you all and I love you all. And I please stay strong. You're in my prayers all the time. I pray mm -hmm. for the body of Yahshua. That's mm -hmm. right. Not individuals, but for the body of Yahshua to make it through this pandemic. All right. It is tough for all of us. There's not one of us that has not been affected in some way. That's Stand right. together, be there for one another, encourage one another, help one another. And guess what? The, the retirement plan is awesome. We're, we're <laughs> almost there. We're That's almost right. there. So That's just right. keep Yahshua in your focus. Don't turn your back on him and you will be greatly rewarded for it. And with that, I say, give all your honor and glory to Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. And for our next speaker, it is an honor and pleasure to call on from our Lansing branch, Dr. David Underwood. Dr. Underwood? 
Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And could you um, let me have control of the screen, please? Okay, give me one second. Okay. And enough gospel has been preached this evening that we could all, all right, go good. home. But seeing that we have me as a, a speaker, we should be seeing the chart on the pattern and plan of salvation that has been addressed this evening. Yes. And we're going to also deal with all 14 plates if we have enough time, or at least a portion of them. And then you should be seeing the uh, chart that is fondly called the 40 plate chart, which is series number two, the divine pattern of the universe proving the existence of Yahweh and manifesting his, Yahweh's purpose by the physical creation through the dispensations and ages. And what we are going to deal with is the death, burial, and resurrection correlations that are on the chart on the pattern and plan of salvation, adding in the plates that are also on the 40 plate chart. And as we're looking what's on the screen, we see the chart on the pattern of plan of salvation, the interior pattern. And then of course we have on the 40 plate chart, plate one and plate 25, which is also the pattern. Now, where do we pick up the principles of death, burial, and resurrection? And you can see that on the chart, they're right up here, and it is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And then if you could read 19 through 22, then we will get Colossians 2, 9 through 13. Then we need to understand how we are to preach the gospel of Yahshua Messiah, how it is laid out by reading Isaiah 28, 9 through 13. So those scriptures are on the screen for you to read. So if we could have 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, and 19 through 22, please. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I've preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I've preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I've also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 19, <clears throat> excuse me, you wanted 15, 19, 19 and 22. Gotcha. This is still the 15th chapter. Okay. 19th verse. <clears throat> if in this life only we have hope in the Messiah, we are of all men most miserable. But now is the Messiah risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, 
Even so, in the Messiah shall all be made alive. And with what we have just had read is enough lecture time for three or four, five class periods. So if we can go to Colossians 2, 9 through 13, if you would, please. That's Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Yahshua. Bury with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of Yahweh, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened, together with him having forgiven ye all trespasses. Now, this is, those scriptures are where you can pick up the principles of death, burial, and resurrection. But what do you do with the principles of death, burial, and resurrection? How do you teach the principles of death, burial, and resurrection? Well, let's go to Isaiah 28, 9 through 13, if you would, please. Isaiah 28 and 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of Yahweh was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. And we would not wish that upon our worst enemies. So now we know what the principles or where to find the principles of death, burial, resurrection. We know how to teach the principles of death, burial, and resurrection. But what structure do we need to go to to pick up those principles to be able to line them up or quote unquote run them down through the ages of dispensations showing forth Yahshua. Well, we see the arrows that come from the principle of death and the arrow goes down to the brazen altar of sin offering or the brazen altar of burnt offering. That's where the principle of the sacrifice is dead. Then we see where the sacrifices are buried in that laver, and you can see the arrow that goes to that brazen laver. And then you can see where that priest raised or was resurrected after being anointed, and he was anointed there at the door with the oil. So these are the vessels within the structure, the tabernacle, that the principles are laid out. Now, when we look at the next 
plate or the very first plate on the chart on the pattern and plan of salvation, the Adamic transgression, we have in that transgression plate, Adam's soul died instantaneously the day he transgressed. And that would take a lot more explanation of that spiritual death that took place with Adam or his soul dying. And Adam's soul dying had a profound effect upon this world that it necessitated Yahshua the Messiah to come in to redeem us from that state that all of us were in, which is being dead spiritually. Now, we know as we read in basically 1 Corinthians 15 and 22, death passed upon all men. And then we know that Adam's body died 930 years. And we do have the scriptures there that you can see. And of course, it would take a long, just reading those, we probably not even get to burial and resurrection within the Adamic transgression plate. But we're gonna move on that we have Adam was buried in condemnation. That's what you see here in the holy place of the Adamic transgression is Adam's hands are over his, over his face. And that is him being buried in condemnation. And then we know that Adam's body was buried back in the ground from whence it was taken. From dust thou art and to dust thou shalt return. But now, the resurrection is going to be Yahshua and that promised seed of the woman was Yahshua was the avenger of blood and redeemer. In other words, the seed of the woman, she had to have childbearing, as you can see here in the court roundabout in both the a damned transgression on the chart of the pattern and plan of salvation, and then also plate 15, which is on the 40 plate chart. Both have childbearing. Now, there's going to be hope of resurrection from that seed, Yahshua the Messiah. Now we come to the second plate on the chart on the pattern of plan of salvation, which is Noah preparation entering the ark. And it is plate 18 on the 40 plate chart. Now, when we look at the Noah plate or the Noah preparation entering the ark, Yahweh declared the end of all flesh 120 years before Methuselah died. Methuselah was part of that righteous lineage, but the declaring by Yahweh that the end of all flesh was to come in 120 years. In other words, you could say there was a death decree upon all mankind that they were going to die. Now, the other half of that coin, if you could say it that way, the disobedient wicked died in the flood. Now, what we end up having then, the water covered or buried the heavy, highest mountaintop. Now, then the souls, the eight souls to be saved 
were covered in the ark of safety. And we can see the souls, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives went into the ark, plus the animals that Yahweh brought by universal spirit law to the ark. And we see them in both plates. But now Yahweh saved or raised those eight souls from destruction in the flood. But now those demons that incarnated in the wicked left their habitation and their habitation was in those physical bodies. And there was a whole story behind that. But when you do do a real quick look at what takes place in plate number 16, the antediluvian hypothesis, Cain's consciousness was immersed in wickedness. Therefore, that's what Noah was sent to do was to warn that wicked. And then eventually in plate 20 on the 40 plate chart, which is the end of the antediluvian age and the beginning of the postdiluvian age, plate 20, which is an upper operating plate, we have that wicked being destroyed. So that is the point of that resurrection. Now we come to the chart of pattern plan of salvation, Abraham and King Melchizedek. Now in this plate, it is basically, you can read it right at the very bottom, death, burial, and resurrection of Isaac, because Isaac was a promised seed of Abraham. And you see it in plate 23 on the 40 plate chart, basically death, burial, and resurrection of Isaac. And you can see it being played out right above Abraham's head is he had Isaac dead, buried, and resurrection in a figure or a vision before Abraham was to sacrifice him. Right. And you can get that right as you can see on the chart on pattern and plan of salvation. It is in Hebrews 11 chapter 17 through 19. And we don't need to get it because that is basically what it is, is Abraham had Isaac dead, buried and resurrected in a figure. So that is a principle of a death, a burial, and a resurrection. Now, as we move along on the chart on the pattern and plan of salvation, we come to the migratory pattern that was gone through by Dr. Hamilton. And it is plate 13 and plate 24 on the 40 plate chart. And what we see here is the Passover lamb died sparing or saving the firstborn from death in the 10th plague in the Exodus or before the Exodus. And that's what they had to do. They had to take out a lamb and kill it. And we can see that principle of death. Then Israel was baptized or buried in the cloud and in the sea and that third, day they do resurrect out of that Red Sea that was talked about. Now, as you had back earlier with those in the flood 
that ended up demons who are carded in the wicked left their habitation or those physical bodies. Well, that's what's going to take place here is those demons that were in those Egyptians that was talked about to pursue the children of Israel, they were they got up out of those Egyptians that had washed up on shore, and then they went on into the wilderness or pursued after those who are the son of Yahweh and re-inhabited them, and you ended up having them being afflicted as was talked about. Now, again, we're going to talk about the interior pattern or the pattern to plan salvation because that's where you pick up the principles of death, burial, and resurrection. You pick up that principle of death with that brazen altar of sin offering or burnt, uh, burnt offering. You have then, of course, the sacrifice being buried in that brazen labor. And then, of course, the priest is raised or resurrects into the holy place at the door. Now, as we move on to the sixth plate on the chart on the pattern plan of salvation, which is the baptism and ministry plate, which is plate number 29 on the 40 plate chart, we're going to have in the court roundabout is John declared Yahshua to be the Lamb of Yahweh. And you can see it right on that plate in the court roundabout on the baptism ministry, Lamb of Yahweh, John 1, 29. Then also that Yahshua would die for the sin of the world as the Passover died three days before. Now, <clears throat> the burial is going to take place at when Yahshua was baptized by John. And that was the beginning of Yahshua's ministry when he was baptized by John. Now, that resurrection is once the Holy Spirit or the likeness of a dove, the Holy Spirit and the likeness of a dove lighted upon Yahshua and remained. Yahshua was led straightway into the wilderness of Judea. And that's where Yahshua was tempted. Now, as you look back in the migratory pattern, again, the angel on the cloud once they were baptized in the wilderness, the children of Israel, I mean the Red Sea, they were baptized in the Red Sea. They were led straightway into the wilderness. And then there they were tempted of the devil. So now we're going to come to the plate that is called Cease, 1 John 5, or excuse me, 5, 6 through 9 which is on the unity of the spirit on the chart of pattern of plan of salvation, but it's plate 36 on the 40 plate chart. Now, there's a big long story about when Yahshua was in his ministry, he told his disciples that he had to die, bury and resurrect. But they did not quite understand what was going on. But we have Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection. They're signified by death being blood, witnessed by blood. The burial is being witnessed by water, and spirit or resurrection go together. Now, it is a death being witnessed by blood, 
It is burial being witnessed by water. It is resurrection being uh, witnessed by spirit. And that is right there on that tabernacle pattern is a death, a burial, a resurrection. As you can see, a blood, a water in the laver, and then spirit or that anointing of the priest is that resurrection. So now we're gonna go down to the plate that is called the, where did, there we go. It's called the death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Now, truthfully, it is the crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension, since crucifixion is a very long word. It is simply put in as death, but it is showing forth a principle of a death. And we can see that on the chart and pattern plan of salvation, death. We can see it on plate 31 of the 40 plate chart, death. We can see the principle of burial there on the chart on the pattern of plan of salvation as we see burial on plate 31 of the 40 plate chart. And then of course we see the principal resurrection there on the chart of pattern plan of salvation as we see resurrection on plate 31. So Yahshua died on the cross, was buried in Joseph's new tomb and raised the third day by the pattern. Now, this is what yeah, that did for us. This redeemed believers from sin and death in the covering sanctuary of Yahshua. In other words, as Noah and those other seven souls got into that ark, that ark is that covering sanctuary for them, which is a type and shadow of Yahshua being that covering sacrifice, excuse me, that covering for us who is raising souls to eternal life. Right. Now, as we move to the Pentecost plate. This is going to be plate number eight. And we have here, again, the Holy Spirit revealed how and why Yahshua preached and prefigured his death, burial, and resurrection. In other words, when Yahshua was in his ministry, his disciples did not understand when he said, I have to be given over unto the Gentiles to die and to resurrect. They didn't understand that at all. So on this Pentecost plate, this, it, that understanding comes about after, as we see here in Pentecost C, or the holy place, that baptism, the Holy Spirit of promise is being poured upon out upon the believing Jews. And we see it here on the Pentecost plate, plate 32, the baptism of the Holy Spirit of promise. It was a promise given. And it has been fulfilled here on Pentecost. So he, Yahshua, quickened or raised the apostles to preach Yahshua. His disciples were raised to preach him, Yahshua, according to the scriptures 
of the prophets. Now we're going to move to a plate called Pentecost on the chart on the pattern and plan of salvation, which is plate 33 on the 40 plate chart. In this persecution plate, what we end up having is down here in the court round about this figure splayed out or laid out is the one Stephen. And you can read about that in Acts 7, 54 through 60. And you can see where it is. Stephen is stoned. That's him kneeling. And here you have those who are stoning Stephen. That is a death. And he was stoned because he preached the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. Now, as we look here, on the persecution plate on the chart and pattern to plan of salvation, what we have is the deacon Stephen. He wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon. He was still full of the Holy Spirit, but he wasn't an eyewitness to what Yahshua did during his ministry. So therefore, it could not be brought back to Philip's remembrance what Yahshua had said to his apostles. Right. The deacon Philip preached and baptized the Ethiopian eunuch and water, and baptism is a type of a burial. Important to understand that. Now, the disciples were dispersed from Jerusalem. They were preaching only to the Jews. The Holy Spirit was preaching to the Jews only, and they raised up believers among the Jews. Now, this took place before the next plate, which is going to be that Gentile conversion on the chart on the pattern and plan of salvation. And then when we look in the conversion and the E portion or the court roundabout, we have a figure that is going to be killed with a sword. And that is James that we see here being killed with a sword. And it was Herod that precipitated that situation. So what we have here is James died by Herod's sword. Peter preached, baptizing the Gentiles with the Holy Spirit. He later was bound hand and foot in prison. Both are types and burial. Now you can't quite see here that incident where Peter is being put in prison. However, when you go to the 40 plate chart, you will be able to see that on plate number 35, which is Joshua's resurrection reconfirmed. And we can see in the court roundabout, we have Peter in prison in Judea. So you have Herod, here it is, that plate, Herod, who had James killed with a sword. He put Peter in prison, so he's basically going to be under a death sentence. He's buried in that prison. You see this angel here that came in and released Peter from those chains, knocked out these guards, and here you see the angel leading Peter out 
or resurrection so that we can have the resurrection of Yahshua being reconfirmed 10 years to the day of when Yahshua resurrected as we see here on the char um, excuse me, crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension plate. Now, as we move along from here, we end up having then Gentile souls were raised to eternal life. So in this plate, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit of promise. They're going to be raised unto eternal life. And then Peter was raised by the angels 10 years to the day from Yahshua's resurrection. Now we're going to come to the apostasy plate on the chart and pattern and plan of salvation. And I see I have five minutes. And what we have here is um, plate number 37 on the 40 plate chart. Now, what we have is a beast. That is the mystery of unrighteousness. All those beasts, be it a leopard or coming out of the sea or a false prophet, apostate church, whatever, it is nothing more than the mystery of iniquity at work. And that mystery of iniquity is using death-causing works to bury souls in condemnation. And he does murder martyrs who then can rest in Yahshua the Messiah. So you don't see here any type of resurrection. However, you will see a resurrection when we come to the next plate, which is the plate eschatology. And that's on the chart of the pattern and plan of salvation. And eschatology means basically the study of end things or end times, which is, again, life, death, heaven and hell and immortality. So the consummation brings the eternal condemnation or death to the disobedient in the lake of fire. And that's what we see here is the lake of fire in eschatology, the lake of fire in the court roundabout. And that is going to be the second death. You don't want to ever wish that upon anyone, a second death. Now, death and hell and the condemned are buried in the lake of fire. The righteous are buried or gathered into Yahshua's body. That's where we want to be is buried in Yahshua's body as that Noah's ark, they were buried in that ark of safety. Are we getting this? The righteous are raised to eternal life and immortal glorification, and the unrighteous are raised to, un to damnation. So now you can understand, excuse me, a little bit why there isn't a resurrection in an apostasy, because that resurrection is going to be raised into damnation. Now we come to the end plate, that is ending, omega or tau, which is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And what we have here in this plate, which is plate 40 on the 40 plate chart, or plate 14 on the chart of pattern of plan of salvation, depending if you have 14 plates, or if you have 12, which is on the original 
uh, chart on the pattern of plan of salvation. Now, Yahshua enjoys an eternal Sabbath or rest from his work of death, burial, and resurrection. So we have gone in to the scriptures and found where we can locate the death, burial, resurrection principles. We have taken Isaiah 28, 19 through 13, and we've lined up those principles, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, because when we went to Adam and Noah and Abraham and the beginning there of the children of Israel and the migratory pattern and that tabernacle pattern, we were in the law. We haven't got a lot in the prophets. However, we do know about Jonah being in the body of that specially prepared fish, being dead, buried, and then the fish spewed him out. We do have Daniel in the lion's den. He was certainly dead, buried in the lion's den, and he was resurrected out of the lion's den. We do have Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, or Ezariah, Hananiah, and Mishael, who were put into that certain death of the uh, fiery furnace, and they were resurrected. But all of those were types and shadows and allegories pointing to who had to die, which is Yahshua Messiah, who is the true son of Yahweh. Yes, I Yahweh. say it's 30. Thank you very much. And all praises to Yahshua Messiah. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Underwood. Um, that brings a conclusion to our lecture. At this time, we will have announcements by our secretary, Dr. Shirley Nelson. Dr. Nelson? Yes, hi, everyone. Uh, the only announcement I have is that, again, we are currently updating our YouTube channel. The old videos, if you go on YouTube and look for the old videos, they will reappear as we are able to update them. New videos will be posted as usual. And that's from the audiovisual uh, department. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, thank you for joining us for another lecture given by the Southfield class on Zoom. <clears throat> we hold classes here every Tuesday and Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and on Sundays from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, we thank all of our visitors and members for joining with us and all of our speakers. At this time, we will conclude in doxology. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both before all time, now, and ever. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 hallelujah.